seems so complicated sometimes. Hi, this is Greg, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our current series is called Uncomplicated. It's about seeing relationships clearly. We are made for relationships. In this series, we will find truths that will help fuel healthy, uncomplicated relationships. We hope you enjoy. Like, nobody told me it was going to rain. Like, am I the only one that was surprised this morning? Yeah, all right, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you here on this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. And uh, as you can see, we're starting a brand new uh, relationship series. Aren't you excited? Relationships uncomplicated, yet some of you are thinking, no, the first two words, the first two letters you're supposed to take off, amen? It's just all complication. Well, that's not true, and we're going to take a look at relationship series, and I'd actually encourage you to make a commitment to be with us on this four-week journey, because we're going to take a look at this book, and uh, it will help us see what's really important and what's not, amen, when it comes uh, to relationships. Now, here's the reality. Sometimes you get, you know, these little bonuses, and it's, it's that morning. Look to your neighbor and say, it's a good day. All right, you know why? Because I know what Friday is, because my wife reminded me. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know, it's Valentine's Day, and uh, I'm going to share some stuff with you here right now, and, and it's not going to cost you anything extra. Just, just my Valentine's Day gift to you. Um, <clears throat> what did the stamp say to the envelope on Valentine's Day? I'm stuck on you. <laughs> I know, this is free. I, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. No two-drink minimum, nothing like that, all right? It gets better. Hold on to your purple seat. What did the cucumber say to the pickle? You mean a great deal to me. See, one of our elders, Patrick Lawrence, is writing these down. Yep, yep. This is good. How did the phone propose to his girlfriend? He gave her a ring. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're beside yourself right now. But I'm just going to, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to do one more. I know. (laughs) What did the octopus, or what do you say to an octopus on Valentine's Day? Let me hold your hand, 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 hand. (laughs) Sorry. Like I said, you don't have to pay extra for it. So here we are, <laughs> relationship series. And actually, this relationship series is not just about the romantic relationship, the boyfriend, girlfriend, or the husband and wife, but this is a generic relationship series that's going to cover every relationship. And, and just so I can make my point that I think this series has everything to do with every one of you, I want you to raise your hand if you're in any kind of a relationship. Very good. Now, I'm really confused with those of you that did not raise your hand (laughs) because everybody's in a relationship. You're either an aunt or an uncle or a husband or you're a son or a daughter, which, by the way, is all of you. You cock, you communicate, you're in church. Therefore, all of us are in relationship and all of us need to go from complicated relationship to uncomplicated, amen? And so let's see what this book has to say, and we're going to dive into it here in just a moment. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that we can laugh, because some of us want to cry. 
uh, just with the word relationship. And, and, and God, as beautiful as relationship is, it, it could be uh, just as hard. And, and Lord, help me to be sensitive to that with just not only in my own life, but with every life here, that not all of us, uh, this brings a smile to our face. And even this morning, Maybe, uh, maybe we were in an argument with somebody. Maybe we're, we're, we're struggling with somebody. Maybe our, our heart has been broken. I, I don't know, God, but you do. And so I'm praying that you help me to do better in relationship, and I pray for us to do better in relationship. Help us, Lord. Help us this morning by giving us insight through your word. It's in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. I love uh, one of the books that I'm using, and I've, I've shared this with you before. I just think it's a good book. It's called The DNA of Relationships, and it's Dr. Um, Gary Smalley. It's The DNA of Relationships, and in that book, he says this. He says, life is relationships. The rest is detail. Life is relationships. The rest is just detail. Does that make sense to you? Do, you? do you agree with that statement? Life is relationships. The rest is just details. He, he'll go on and he'll say, everything in life that truly matters can be boiled down to relationships. It's funny, I, I wrote down a meme that I, I received just this morning and it said this, you were created to make somebody's life better. Somebody needs what you have. Your smile, your love, your words, your encouragement. Again, you and I were built for a relationship. Now, some of you go, I don't care. Leave me. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be a tough crowd here today. Just know that I'm going off of this, okay? Don't be mad at me. But yes. We are built for relationship, and, and we get to see what, what God's word has to say about that. So instead of, instead of wanting to run away or retreat from, I hope that we're going to press toward relationship with some enthusiasm and some hope, okay? So here's what I want to do. Today, I want to share four biblical truths for relationship. And again, remember, this is for every relationship. Ready? Taking notes, I hear those pages opening and those pencils coming out. Pencils, wow, pens, whatever, electronics. The first truth is this. We are built for relationship. We are built for relationship. Now, was it uh, Ford in uh, like 1998 or something like that? They, they spent millions of dollars on a campaign for their trucks. Built to Oh, see, none of, no Ford people in here. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's fix or repair daily, right? F-O-R, oh, sorry. Ford, built to last. But uh, recently they changed all that because I think they figured out that wasn't a true statement. Sorry. But you know what is built to last? Relationship. We are built for relationship. I want you to turn to the very first book of the Bible, and if you need a Bible, raise your hand and open it. Uh, uh, one of the uh, ushers will get you one. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. This is a good, easy book to find because it's right past the table of contents. 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2 says, The Lord said, and let's read this all together, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Let's say it again. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Oftentimes, as I've shared before, pastors will use this passage in regards to wedding. And, and I think that's absolutely fair. I've, I've done that too. But this isn't just about the husband-wife relationship. This is a statement that says all of us are better off in relationship. I don't know if you remember, but back, I think it was October, November, I preached a sermon on loneliness, and I gave you some crazy statistics. Like, it's an epidemic. I mean, literally, if loneliness got the press that the coronavirus is getting, uh, our world would be blown away at how much loneliness is killing America. And so this is just real facts, my friends. You and I are created for relationship. God himself says it's not good for the man to be alone. Can you say the words not good? Ready? Not good. Let's say it again. Not good. Let's say it again. Not good. It's not good. God doesn't say that from my study of scripture, I can't see any other passage that he says this isn't good. Not good. But he says, it's not good for you and I to go hide and retreat. Now, are there moments where we need to go get away? Amen. That's what golf courses are meant for. Right? You just go. Okay? You just go and be alone. Whatever your alone thing is, it's healthy. It's healthy for that. But you can't do that every day, every week, every month. You are built for relationship. God says it's not good for you to be alone. Here's my question. Why are relationships so good? Why are relationships so, so good? And yet at the same time, why are relationships so, so bad at the same time? Amen? Or am I alone on that? Not long ago, um, I, I saw this post and I, I want to I read it to you. Uh, it was, uh, I don't even know if it was a man or a woman, but they're just writing their thoughts down. They said, uh, I was walking by a wall, po- a wall poster that brought me back uh, for a second look. Uh, you remember, you've seen those things, right? You're like, wow, what did I just see? And you go back. And it says, I can't remember the artwork, but I'll never forget the pithy pointed message. It said this, involvement with people is always a very delicate thing. It requires real maturity to become involved and not get all messed up. Anyone want to say amen to that? And again, it's, it's just making that point that relationships can be the most beautiful thing. And yet at the same time, they can be the hardest thing. Why? You hear it often said from the pulpit here, because we're messy, right? I'm a messy person. You're a messy person. And when messy comes alongside messy, what do you get? Mess. And as someone said, big mess. <laughs> right? And, and it's, not, it's not finger pointing time. It's just, it's just reality. It's the honesty of why I think relationships put that lump in our throat or that pain in our gut. 
It's what keeps us up late at night. And so what, what, what can we learn? What, what, what does God want us to do? Well, he wants us to understand that he gets it. Why? Because you look at scripture, and we're not gonna go there, but go reread Genesis chapter one. Go reread Genesis chapter two. Go reread Genesis chapter three and the fall of man, right? There's this beautiful relationship of Adam and who? Adam and Eve, it's not good for man to be alone. There's Adam and Eve in the garden and everything is wonderful until something is introduced. And that's evil, right? With human choice and evil and the serpent and all that big mess that happens there. I don't care if you're on the it's Eve's fault side or it's Adam's fault side, right? I'm on the it's both of their fault side, right? And, And it's because when evil enters the picture, this is what destroys relationship. Sin destroys relationship. Again, you read Genesis chapter one, two, three. Go to chapter four of Genesis. Chapter four of Genesis, and and we see this beautiful relationship. It's got its struggles, but Adam and Eve, um, they they get pregnant, and they have uh, these these two boys, and and one's name is Cain, and do you guys know the other name? Cain and Abel, right? And you look at Genesis chapter four, and um, let's just go down to, to verse four. And Abel also brought an offering. So Cain brought an offering to God. Abel brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look favorable for on. So Cain was very what? He was very angry, okay? So you see this, this, this happening. You see this jealousy and his face was downcast. Then the Lord in verse six said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face so downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepting, accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your what? It's crouching at your door. It desires to have you. And the truth then is the same truth to now, today. Sin is crouching at the door, but you must rule over it. And then verse eight. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. While they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and did what? killed him. I mean, just look at those words. Cain attacked his brother. You've attacked your brother. You've attacked your sister. My boys, they wrestle. We were all together last night. First thing Drew loves to do, or Easton loves to do, is jump on Drew. This little 12-year-old that thinks he could take on his 26-year-old brother that could sneeze on him and make him fall, probably. But Easton always is just attacking, right? You, you know that. That's, that's, that's kind of some brotherly love there. But we, we got, Cain attacked his brother and Abel, and what did he do? He killed him. Why? There's this, this brotherly relationship. But, but evil gets in there. And it, it, it takes a relationship, in this case, to the extreme, and one kills the other because of jealousy, because of envy. Now, again, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you have been a part of a relationship just because of jealousy and envy, where it's just, it's gone from good to, to really bad? Are you with me? This is real stuff that we're talking about. I want us to really pay attention and say, God, help us, because there's hope in relationship. And if you're not struggling at the moment, you will be struggling. You need to grab on a hold of these truths. But you, I promise you, if, you just, if your heart is beating, you will come in contact with somebody tomorrow that is struggling with relationship. And you can say these very things to them that we're learning today and use this as a tool to help maybe that person get closer to the Lord, Amen. 
We are built for what, church? We are built for relationship. I mean, we see this. Sin destroys their relationship. It's heartbreaking. It should not have happened, but it did. I want to write down a second biblical truth in regards to relationship. And it's going to play off answering the question, you know, why? Why does this happen? If we're built for a relationship, why are, oftentimes is it so difficult? Well, here's the second truth. Most, the most important relationship, the most important relationship is with ourselves. Does that surprise you? Do you agree with that statement? I threw it by a few people, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess when I think about it, it's true, but man, isn't the most important relationship with God? Well, let, let's talk this through a little bit. Let's talk this through. I'm suggesting that the second uh, biblical truth is the most important relationship is with self. I want us to turn to what has become the most famous well-read passage at West Valley Christian Church. We're going to turn to what? Matthew chapter 22. Again, Jesus is asked, what's the most important commandment? And in verse 37, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. My friends, I have a question. Is that relationship? Yes or no? Yes. The most important thing Jesus says is have to re- have a relationship with God, with everything that you have. And then verse 38, it says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Is that a relationship? So our God is about what? Our God is about relationship. He didn't say go build a wall, <laughs> Right? Sorry if you're just joining us. That was a whole series we just got out of with uh, Nehemiah. He didn't say go climb a mountain. He didn't say go, go get rich. He didn't say have the best baseball team. He didn't say any of that. He said have a relationship with God and have a relationship with your neighbor. But again, as I've shared many times before, I don't think many preachers actually even talk about this, but the important thing is at the very end. It says to love God and it says to love people, but it says as you what? As you what? As you what? As you love yourself. You know why you and I struggle loving God and loving other people? It's because we don't love ourselves. You can't give something you don't have. And am I passionate about this? You better believe it. Because the more and more I studied this week, I, I was ready to preach on Thursday. I was ready to come down those stairs and stand here and talk to nobody about this. Because I so believe this. I am so excited this morning to present this message because I think this is the key. As I look around and as I think through the hundreds of people that will sit in my office, the people that I'll meet at Starbucks or, or the people I'll converse with on the b- baseball field, whatever and wherever and whenever, the reason you and I struggle with relationship is because we struggle with ourselves. Practically speaking, think about this. If I don't love me, why would I love you? If I don't know how to love me, how in the world do I know how to love you?
if I think about this long enough, it brings me even to tears. I want you to turn to Genesis again, but I want you to go even further back. Genesis chapter one. And you read through Genesis chapter one, you're gonna see light was created, and you're gonna see water was created, and you're gonna see land was created, and you're gonna see the stars and the heavens was created, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see all this wonderful stuff. But I want you to look at Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, after all this stuff, and he sat back and he said, man, that's good. Maybe he didn't say, man, that's good. Maybe he just said, good, or that's good. Verse 26, he says, let us make mankind in our image. And I'm not going to go into this, but this is a great uh, reference to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals. Are you reading the same thing with me? All right. Then in verse 27, so God created mankind in what? His own image. In the image of God, he created them male and what? Female. Again, making a statement, but not diving into it too much. But there's two options. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that, that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the air and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant food. And so it was so. Verse 31, God saw all that he made, and it was what? It was really good. What do you really see when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror? What do you really see on that bathroom break in that afternoon at work and you stand before the mirror? What do you really see? I mean, we could give all of our comical answers, but I mean, what do you see? Do you see a child of God? Do you see someone that was made in the image of God Almighty? That after you were created, he says, very good. Because again, I believe the reason we struggle relationship is because we struggle with the most important relationship and that's with ourselves. Again, the premise is if we can't love ourselves, how in the world are we gonna genuine, genuinely love others? 
respect, in my opinion, is diminishing. I've got a lot of people in here that are younger than me and a lot of people that are older than me. And I would, I would uh, just press into my older friends out there and, and ask, do you agree? I mean, you've been on this earth a little longer than I. Am I just, am I just being pessimistic about this? I, I look at it at, in all areas. I look at it as, as we look at our government officials. I look at it as we look at um, religious leaders, pastors. I look at it how we look up to our parents, our grandparents, uh, officials in sports. I mean, it's, it's all changed. Again, my wife and I have the benefit of having kids every 13 years. Coaching, coaching sports has completely changed. When I coached Drew at 26, the way that people looked at umpires back then was 100% different, 100% different than how umpires are treated today. Not right or wrong, I'm just saying respect. I think respect level has lessened because respect level for oneself has lessened. We've put less value on whose we are and are more concerned about who we are. Did you catch that? What's really important is not who we are, but whose we are. And my friends, I don't know if you've been told this, but you are a child of God. A good guy that's loving, gracious, kind, just, fair, compassionate. And this scripture that we read says we're made in his image, therefore we ought to have those characteristics in our life, amen? Maybe the world has devalued you, but God has not devalued you. Remember how special and valuable you really are. Go to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Ah, it's so good hearing those Bible pages turn. 139, I love this. Uh, uh, David says, you have searched me, Lord. You you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise and you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going and my lying down and you're familiar with all my ways before a word on my tongue. You, Lord, know it completely. You hand me in behind and before and and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to, to, to obtain. Where can I go? Where can I go from your spirit? Where, where can I flee from your presence? If I, if I go up to the heavens, guess what? You're there. And if, I, if, if my head is in the depths, you are there. This is, this is awesome, church. Verse 13, for you, he's talking to who? He's, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Lord. For you created me, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. I praise you. Why? Let's say this together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and shared those words? When's the last time you looked in the mirror and had those thoughts about yourself? And I don't mean this in an arrogant way. Some of you are like standing there after you pumped a little bit of iron and you think you're all that. 
This isn't what we're talking about. We're talking when you see past all this. God knit you, you, individually. You weren't mass-produced on a conveyor belt. You're not clones. Just look around. (laughs) Praise God you don't look like this. We're all so different. Wonderfully made. It's not made in Taiwan, made in Mexico, made in America. The stamp on us is made by God Almighty. Don't let that wash off. Don't let that wear out. I know life could rub that off of us, but my friends, that's why we're here today, to remember not what the world says, but what God's word says. You're special. And if we could grab a hold of that and we could understand our value and we can love ourselves and we can respect ourselves because of whose we are, not who we are, then that's going to impact how we relate with the rest of the world. Now you get to answer the question for the rest of the week and the rest of your life, is Pastor right? And it's not about me being right. I just want to make a clear point that when I look at Scripture and Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor, I think those are amazing. But I think it's kind of one of those backwards things because if you can't love yourself, that, that impacts your relationship with God, doesn't it? If you can't love yourself, that impacts your relationship and how you're going to relate to others. So I'm suggesting this is probably the most important thing you could hear at this moment. You are special. Now let's practically speak about this. I I could give you hundreds probably of examples and I want to give you a couple extreme examples that have walked on this campus. And this is so long ago that you can't even pretend to know who I'm talking about. One gentleman, probably worth tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions, coming to the church, uh, had no clue who he was and came, sat behind me and his wife for, for a very long time when we met in the the A-frame over there, and one day he says, hey, pastor, you like the Lakers? I said, yeah, this is back Kobe and, and, and Shaq those days, and you couldn't get a ticket. He goes, how about I take you a Laker game? How about I say yes? <laughs> and uh, he says, here's my address, show up. I show up, and I, I'm not going to get all the details, but we get in his limo. This house is just a mansion. We get in his limo. I had no, I had no idea, no idea of this guy's background. And as we're driving PCH to get to the game, He's drinking one drink after the other, and the more dr- liquid courage he got in, the, in his body, the more he shared. And, and that's where our relationship began. And we had a good time that night, and he and his wife kept coming to church and, and, and their family, and, 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 and he's getting to know the Lord and gives his life to the Lord, and we continue to meet. And you um, just be the, if, remember the house was right here in my office. And he would come, you know, every couple of weeks in my office, and he had everything in the world, but he would say he had nothing. He was constantly just fighting himself. And after a rear of relationship, I finally said, what's going on? And he just did not see value in himself, even though he had worldly value like nobody else, right? Long story short, you began to see his life change as he got more into this. And he started to see that God valued him. And it didn't matter all the stuff that he had. 
That's why so many people wanted to be in relationship with him. But he understood he had value not because of his bank account, because God said it. And uh, unfortunately, he left this earth way, way too early. But I saw this man, life completely changed because he had value. Same thing, a bunch of people coming out of the journey service at five o'clock one, one Sunday, and this, this, this young lady was standing there waiting, and I was actually talking to my wife about something. She walked up, said, Pastor, can I meet with you? I said, absolutely, same office. Comes in, and uh, her very first words, beautiful woman, says this, teach me how to love myself. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't quite understand what you mean by that. And she just broke down in tears, and she told her story. One of the top prostitutes in Vegas and private jets all over the world and all the stuff that went with that. And she was just a mess on the inside. Outside, everything looked great. She said, teach me how to love myself. And she would come to this church, no one knowing her background. She'd sit in these chairs week after week. She went in there. We baptized her. And many, many years now, she's married, has a great marriage, has her own business, and thriving every once in a while, she'll send me a message. The common denominator, and those are extreme stories, the common denominator, both those stories are what? People that did not value themselves at all. That went to God's word and found out that they had value. And it would change their life forever. Who's sitting in here today that needs to be reminded of this truth? See, relationships can be complicated, but if we look at it uncomplicated and understand that we're built for relationship and that the most important relationship is with ourselves, I think we're on to a few things that are gonna help us. Amen? Thirdly, what I shared with both of these people and what I try and share with myself, by the way, I struggle with seeing value in my own life. How about you? I mean, there's days where I feel really valued and loved by God, and there's days where I go, why in the world, why in the world would you give a rip about this guy, right? But then that leads us to the third biblical truth, not only for the two people I shared, and not only for my life and your life, is this. Jesus died for relationship. Have you ever thought about that? We always talk about Jesus died for our sins. But the real truth If we peel it all back, Jesus actually died for relationship. Why? Because of sin, there was brokenness in our relationship with God. And as we have brokenness in our relationship with God, we have brokenness with others. And we see all that all the way back into the Garden of Eden. We see that with Cain and Abel, like I shared. And then you fast forward to 2020, we still see it today. And so really what Jesus died for was relationship so that you and I can have right relationship with our creator and so that we, you and I could have relationship with one another. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter two. And as you're turning there, I, I wanna ask you, is this making sense? Is this practical for you? Is this something we could grab a hold of? Is this something that could pull you maybe out of some of relationship difficulties? I sure hope so. Ephesians chapter two. Because part of what we're going to be talking about in this whole series is it's not on everybody else because that's what we want to put it on. Everyone else is screwed up. Well, they are, but start with yourself, okay? Start with yourself. And when you realize that you're going to start loving yourself better, it's going to be easier to love, uh, love others and it's going to be easier to deal with the messiness of others. So you've got Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, and it simply says this. Um, it's probably one of my favorite passages. 
says, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once far away and have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility slash relationship by setting aside in his flesh the law with the commands and the regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through what? the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Church, that is good news, isn't it? This is all about separation. This is all about a stress in relationship. This is all about division becoming unity because of Christ Jesus and his blood in the single act on the cross. And my simple question would be, have you said yes to Jesus? Because you're going to be jacked up, messed up with relationships forever until you say yes to Jesus. Now, you may make headway once in a while, but it is going to be a roller coaster. That's why when you come in my office and we do premarital counseling for eight weeks, the first question I ask is, why are you getting married? And then one of the first things I say is, marriage is a relationship of three could be a little confusing to some, but I say, you, your spouse, and Jesus Christ. Because the only way we could do any relationship, whether it's marriage or parenting or with a pastor or with the world or with your neighbor or whatever, Christ has got to be there. Because if it's up to me, some of you wouldn't be around. And if it was up to you, I wouldn't be around. And because of sin and confusion and heartache and all that stuff, we have tragedies that happened like in Thailand yesterday. Some guy goes in there and shoots, how many, 46 dead? I'm sorry, but you go all the way back, it's gonna be relationship. You look at all the crazy shootings in America, it always goes back to relationship. This is why we need to get a hold on it with some hope, amen? And it starts with Christ. And the last thing, And I'm only going to lead you there. I'm only going to lead you there. And you get to do the work, the benefits of relationship. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Can you put that up on the screen? It says, two are better than what? Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. (laughs) A cord of three strands is not quickly broken, amen? You know, my friends, there's just some practical things about why we need one another. Ecclesiastes reminds us of this, and I'm not digging into it. I'm just gonna run through them for you. One of the benefits in verse nine is you get more done. You get more done. The second benefit in verse 10 is now you have some resources and now you have some help. The third benefit is in verse 11, you've got some companionship. You got a friendship. The fourth benefit of relationship is you've got protection and you've got strength that you don't have when you avoid relationship. The challenge is for you to do the work this week and I want you to read in on those four things and come to your own conclusions. I wanna close the message with this. 
Relationships don't have to be complicated. Know that you're built for a relationship. Know that the most important relationship is with yourself and see that you have value. And if you have value, then you see others have value and you treat them different. Know that Jesus Christ died for relationship. And there's benefit to relationship. I hope that's something for you to chew on this morning. And that gives you hope. And maybe a conversation for those of you that come into contact with some people this week and say, what do you think? Father, I pray for my relationships. I pray for every person's relationship in this place as they wrestle with these truths and try and put it in the context of specific people. I pray that you would win, that relationship would win. And God, not only do we pray for relationships in this room, but we pray for it in our community. We pray for it in our state. We pray for it in our country. (laughs) Lord, we pray for relationship in our world. May we be first drawn to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, all God's people stand. Remember, Lord, your tender mercies and your love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Forget all my rebellions that you 